0: Welcome, everyone, to the RISE podcast. Kwesi Millington, I'm your host here. I'm here with One, and it's spelled O-A-N-H, pronounced One. I hope I got it correctly. And um, thank you, first of all, for being on the podcast. I'm going to read your introduction really quickly, and then we're going to get into it. Uh, So One is a multidimensional transformation coach and Oracle. I'm going to need explanations on some of these. Uh, guided by her fierce guardian angel, she serves as a spiritual guide and tarot reader for her querents. I needed this. I need a definition for that word too. She is a certified life coach, NLP (neuro linguistic programming) I think, practitioner, yep. and an image consultant with over a decade of experience as a highly skilled makeup art- makeup artist and hairstylist who specializes in both inner and outer beauty. I'm going to go with that for now. And as we go on, I may ask you some of the other things that you've sent to me as far as your biography, but welcome. And my first question to you is, what is an Oracle and what is a querent? Q-U-E-R-E-N-T-S. <laughs> Never heard that word before.
1: Yeah, great question. So in Oracle, there's a couple of different meanings for it, but how it's relevant to me is basically a person who is has done the work who's done the inner work who's in tune with their spirituality and has tapped into an inner wisdom um so you know i i'm just i'm i've always been a deep thinker i've always been a truth seeker and um through the adversities of my life i've gained a lot of insight and wisdom and so i'm able to use what i've learned to guide others and I'm also an intuitive empath. So it allows me to access different parts of me that gives me insight for other people as well. So, um, so yeah, so basically an oracle is just someone who possesses wisdom that's able to share their insight um, in short, um, and then a querent is referred to tarot reading. So I'm also a tarot reader um, and the querent is the client who comes to seek their truth.
0: Okay, yeah. perfect. Thank yeah. you. Um I want to dive a little deeper into that. So first the querent. So tarot reader, if I know correctly, that's when you have the cards that have a certain theme and you help the person that comes in to decipher what that theme means in their life.
1: Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, so so yeah, I mean there's different ways to read a spread, but in essence, um the querent would usually come to a tarot reader with some sort of um and they don't have to have a specific question in mind. They could just be curious of what the future holds. And the way I offer my tarot reading, and I always say it at the beginning that, um, and I like to start with some breath work just to sync up our energy and to make sure we're in tune energetically and to create that safe and sacred space so that I can get my querent into the mindset, and into the space of of being connected to their spirit. Um, because, energetically, the cards that show up during a spread are the cards that my querent is meant to see and what I'm meant to help them decipher. And, um, and I tell my querents that, you know, things that show up is a future potential. And at any given point, they have the ability to shift their future. Um, so so yeah so people will come to me with either specific questions or just a a general inquiry
0: Hmm. okay Hmm. and that that's a perfect explanation i think that i was a querent once because i had a friend of mine who uh put tarot cards in front of me or sorry allowed me to pick based Hmm. on what she said to me based on what i picked it actually led me to looking into professional speaking and it also led me to some relationship Healing within my family, so I found it very beneficial. Even though it was a very informal session, it wasn't, you know, an official paid session or anything. Uh, so I, I gained a lot out of that. In fact, I still have a picture of the cards she picked for me. I don't remember exactly what they are, but I keep the picture to remind me of the messages that uh, she shared. Um, really? So yes, I, I appreciate what you do. Uh, when you say an oracle is someone who who has gleaned wisdom from their adversities and and shared it with others. Um, You know, forgive my naivete, but why isn't anyone then an oracle?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think it takes, and to be honest, for a while, it took me some time to even accept that about myself because um, truly anyone who does this, who walks the spiritual path and is, has fully embraced their divinity and is aware of that aspect of themselves can resonate as being an oracle hmm. um i think it's a it's a multiple lifetime thing like i know like for me i've i haven't walked this earth once or twice i've been around for a while you know i have an ancient soul um And it's through my own soul recollection that I know that this isn't my first time being in a position of guidance and being in a position of having this connection with a higher power. So no one can tell you that you are an oracle, and no one can tell you that you're not. And in my work of being a multidimensional transformation coach, my goal is to help people embrace their divinity, live their truth and live their best life. And I was at a point where I was like, if I'm going to be helping others do this, I need to, I need to take full responsibility of who I am and live my best life and live my fullest, most authentic truth. And that truth is an oracle. And so, um, you know, it is a big, it's, it's a big, it's a big claim for some people. Um, and it's, it's a, it can be a big undertaking as well. But again, being in the position that I'm in and with the work that I'm called to do, it's something that if I, if I don't, if I don't fully claim and embody who I say I am because it is my truth I would be living kind of a lie and I'd be kind of hypocritical to be like you should live your best life and be your most authentic self if I'm not doing the same Mm -hmm. so yeah so I don't know if I answered your question in the most concise way um but in essence no one can tell you that you are and no one can tell you that you're not it's something that you know deep within yourself and and it's it's a soul recollection okay
0: okay yeah. Take me back to the to the recollection then. You said you've been through some adversities in your life. You weren't always this way. You weren't always so secure in what you do now. Uh take me back to a time where you weren't that secure and you had to find your path.
1: Great question. And I guess you know throughout my life and this is how I know that in this lifetime I'm meant to be in a position of guiding of guiding other people because my whole life has been full of adversities. Like I've been on my own since I was 17. I had $20 to my name. I was building my life from a deficit, living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um,
0: how did you team. end up? Let's say, whoa, let's go back here. How did you end up uh, with nothing to your name on your own at 17? Uh, was that you moving out of home or how did you end up in that position?
1: so my my family has been through a lot of struggles and, and when i share my story i've come i've done the healing I'm, I'm i'm i feel at peace with what's with how my life has turned out and this is why i know that certain things in our life are meant to help us gain more insight about who we are um so this is to like i'm so in love with my family and, and, and there's absolutely no shame and and as much uh, challenges I've been through because of my family. Um, I know it was all all a part of my soul evolution. So basically, our family escaped Vietnam, and so my family has endured a lot of trauma, ancestral traumas, and it just it led to a dysfunctional family household, and so. Growing up, I didn't have like a very good relationship with any of my siblings or or my mom because she was a single mom taking care of four kids on her own in a foreign country, learning a new language, going to school, separated from her family, you know working through the trauma that she had to experience escaping her own country, Um, you know, so it was just a really unstable upbringing. And because we escaped from a war-stricken country, um, I feel like that contributed and the lack of having a father figure in our life, um, it just created a a volatile, energetic mashup. And so um, I happen to be know the person that everyone took their frustration out on and and it created a lot of um trauma for me as well and i was suicidal at 15. um it, it was a really dark time in my life and and you know and because of these dark moments at a really young age it helped me and and i didn't confide in people. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a pity party. I've never been, I don't like, I don't seek sympathy from people. So even at a young age, I would, you know, I would go about my day as if everything was okay when it really wasn't. Um, and it was, you know, it's in our darkest days that we have the ability to shine our brightest. And it's in our darkest days that we have the the opportunity to really dive deeper within ourselves to access a wisdom that is not available on the outside and so because I didn't have like a confidant at a younger age my confidant was a greater power it was a god and that's all I had and that's all I that's who I communicated with and it was through this communication with a higher power because I'm telling you I was like at 15 and I'm sure you realize that like statistically, you know, teens have a higher rate of suicide, if they're in that space, they're more likely to be to follow through. And I was, I was really close because it wasn't just an overnight thing It was constant in and out of of being in the state of not having any will to be here but Um, what saved me was my love for my youngest brother, you know, and, and, and also, I was, I knew that I had so much love to offer, so much more love to give. And so it kept me going. And, you know, and I've always been journaling, and I've always been, I, I always write down, you know, inspirational quotes that come, that come to me. And later on in my life, which is another can of worms I realized that what I was actually doing was channeling information through Mm -hmm. my journaling but I did it innately because again it's a soul recollection thing just because your body and your mind doesn't remember doesn't mean your soul doesn't remember and so so going through all of that fast forward to when I'm 17 my mom was just you know like how do you raise you know four kids as a single mom and she had to do what she needed to do to you know stay sane so she decided to move to the states and she didn't have any money to give so i had what i had which was twenty dollars and i had to rock with that and it's been rough <laughs> oh, it sorry been your, your mother
0: moved to the states and left you in canada yeah oh okay so where is this vancouver that you were in yeah. mm. and yeah. how old were you then
1: 17 so right fresh out of high school
0: so she just moved and and where were you living how did you fend for yourself with 20 bucks
1: (laughs) I worked my ass off I worked really hard I like picked up as many jobs as I could um I think I was pushing three jobs at the time I was living with like two roommates my life was volatile it was really tell me about it yeah yeah can you imagine like teen girls living in a house unattended by adults? <laughs> I had some fun moments, but it was definitely, um, it was definitely a part of my life that I, that I appreciate, but never have to do again. Um, But yeah, so just, you know, like, and, and then from there, like when you're building your life from a deficit, it's really hard to get, you know, to get ahead in life. Um, And so, throughout these times in my life, I was also experiencing spiritual phenomenons that I had to get into terms with and, and accept. So that was a whole chapter in my life that there was a part of me that was, I don't wanna say in denial, but was just, I was, I was brushing it away and I wasn't giving it my attention because, because I couldn't, because this physical world was demanding so much of me that I, that I didn't have the energy or desire to even look at what the spiritual world was trying to communicate with me. But over time, um, I couldn't deny what I was seeing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then and then it led to my spiritual awakening, and then so that journey. So me to that
0: moment, what is the spiritual awakening? <laughs> what does that look like for someone who doesn't understand it? In the world that you come from here, a lot of people may understand these terms, but
1: mm-hmm. what
0: does a spiritual awakening look like did it look like for you.
1: Okay. So it's different for everyone and it can happen throughout your life. So spiritual awakening, like the pivotal moment, there will always be one pivotal moment where it shifts your whole perception. And you go from either on the border or a non-believer to a full on believer. And that moment for me was um I was I would say it was almost it was over like about 15 years ago now, um, and I had already, I had, like, I've always been aware of the spiritual world because of where, you know, I, I'm from Vietnam, and so in our culture, the spirit world and the mundane world is like night and day. We fully accept it and embrace it as part of our culture and a part of our truth, so I had that to my benefit, but um, beyond that, you know, my family isn't really you know growing up I wasn't really exposed to anything more than just that and so I always kind of felt this this pull if you will towards this mysterious door that is the gateway between the physical and the non-physical world but I, I was too scared to really um, explore that even more but leading up to my my full acceptance of my spirituality and 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 my gifts if you will was I was I was in my bedroom and I had and I don't share this story very often because it's one of those things where it's like it's the experience and the sight is seared into my brain and my mind and I will never forget it because it's such a magical and monumental moment um So if I, if I break it down slowly, it's because I'm reliving it. And it's just, it's, it's a special time in my life. Um, But anyway, so I was in my bedroom. It was really early in the morning. I had four candles lit up on either side of my bed. Um, So it lit up the room and I was watching something. I was watching uh, my laptop and I could see in my peripherals, the, the candles light up. And while I'm watching it, two of the candles burn out. So And I can see it because when four candles lighting up the room, you can see when two candles go, it dims down, right? So so in this moment, I'm like, oh, I better get up. And this is what's going through my mind. I'm like, I better get up and relight the candles. So as I get up and turn around to look at the candles, one of the burnt out candles relights on its own. Wow. And... Normally, I would be really freaked out about something like that because, like I said, I was, there was this fear because I knew that there was they like there was energies of the spirit realm that wanted to communicate with me. So, but in that moment, I was just I felt this peace come over me, and I was just I laid back down on my bed and I just took it all in, and in that moment, I accepted. I accepted and I made a vow to myself that I would be the messenger and that if if spirits wanted to connect with me I would be the messenger between the unseen and the seen world and I and I would help bridge that gap Mm. and so that moment for me was a like life changer Mm.
0: for sure and it
1: yeah I it I opened up the floodgates let's just say that
0: and how old were you when this happened
1: Early twenties.
0: Early twenties, and then how did yeah. your life change after that?
1: Um, it changed in a way that um, was really hard, <laughs> to be honest, because you know when I when I accepted this aspect of who I am. There wasn't a, like, there wasn't, you know, the internet didn't talk about it a lot. It wasn't a popular thing, you know, like spirituality now is more um, mainstream. It wasn't like that for me. And so I was kind of living this, like, double life in secret, and it was really hard Um, because, you know, like, I couldn't just talk to anyone about it. I, I didn't have anyone to guide me. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a friend where I could call and be like, hey, this just happened. What does it mean I had to figure that out all on my own. And the hard thing too is, like is to is to like sometimes you question, is this real, you know, like is what I'm perceiving real. And so that was a challenge to be able to decipher and to you know, know without a shadow of a doubt that these phenomenons are in fact happening. And my, what helped me was that when these, when certain phenomenons would happen, it wasn't just me that would experience it. I would have a series of these events happen in my life with different people experiencing it with me and being like what the heck just happened but I would be the common denominator so I knew that it was happening in front of my eyes and someone else's eyes so that I knew that it wasn't a coincidence it
0: was validation
1: exactly it was validation and um and so that really helped me in my journey but then of course like you know it's multi-layers and um, and again, I had to learn a lot just from having a deep sense of awareness of myself and, and having a deep connection with my soul and also a greater power to have that communication. So, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. And and sorry, and just to add to that, and like the hard part of, of this too was like sometimes when I'm able to... Um, identify something that happens before it happens it can be a really lonely path because then if i speak too soon then people don't get what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and then it's and then it leaves me in a very lonely place because now i'm i'm not being understood and i'm the only one that can see what's happening and no one else can see it so it can create risks within relationships which is my experience so yeah so you can't share
0: everything even if you experience it Yeah. Um, And then how did that lead to you becoming uh, a coach and Oracle? Like this is something you do for other people. Now, this was, you're just discovering yourself. How does that transition? Mm -hmm. How does that transition to doing this for other people?
1: Right. So it took many years of denying that. Like I, I always knew like, like it's, it's something that I always knew that I was good at because, because, um, I I would have a lot of friends come to me to like, you know, for advice and, and I would just have this like calming energy. And so I already had people coming to me and, and making comments that I was someone that was really good to talk to. So I knew that that was a part of my path. And then when I got deeper into my spirituality, um, and having my communication with a higher power, you just know, you know, it's, it's, it's when you're in alignment with your soul purpose, with your life calling you know that's what you're meant to do and so so you know I just I just came to a place where I knew that was what I was meant to do and and again the synchronicities would line up anytime I would have a realization for example with the tarot reading um I've been practicing it for just about 10 years now but before I even started I was like I was like because i'm i'm really good at seeing signs and deciphering these signs and how and what they mean and and being able to articulate it in a way that's relevant for myself and and easy for people to understand so i knew that i was that that i could use the skill to help other people the same way it's helped me and the day that i was like i need to get into tarot reading because because my because i just knew i went to the store and I was in like, um, I was in a shop where they had like, like household items and just every knickknacks. And, you know, so there was, it wasn't like a specific spiritual store or anything like that. It was a, a random general store. And that same day I went, I went there and I turned around, I wasn't even in the book section. I turned around randomly, randomly, and um, there it was a book about tarot reading. And it was the only one there like in that section so i was like okay well i'm taking this home and i'm starting my journey today and um i connected with my deck for 3 years before i even gave my first reading
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then and then when i started giving readings the reaction and the response from people was just phenomenal like i've done i don't even know how many i've done by now but like i've never had a person tell me that something didn't resonate with him. I've had people cry during readings, like it, it's it's just been like a very um, insightful, and it's an honor for me to be able to help people connect in that way and have realizations and and to offer them guidance. And so when I started experiencing this, I knew that um, I knew that I I wanted to offer it at scale and not just during you know random moments. Um, and then from there, I just, I had to, I had to figure out a way to, um, to, to support people and to hold space and to do it in a way that resonates with me.
0: And Um, now, so you offer readings live and online. How do you do it now? How does your business work?
1: yeah, so I offer it remotely. Um, I haven't done anything in person in, in a couple of years since COVID started, and, and and remotely actually works really well. So the vast majority of my readings happen remotely, um, and, and I have you know um, a ritual that I walk people through that really gets us connected. And so, um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing actually to yes. to have that connection because at first I was worried. I was like, you know, am I still able to create the same experience? online not being in person um but thankfully you know when you have full control of what's going on you can create magic wherever wherever you are whether it's remote or not so yeah
0: and so that's awesome you do the coaching and you do the tarot reading Um, i want to read this you say you help as many souls as possible realize and embody their limitless limitless potential you want people to connect with and embrace their divinity to gain unwavering confidence Uh, look sophisticated and reclaim their sovereignty. There's a lot there. Um, One of the points you mentioned that I liked, it reminds me of, I think it was Gabby Bernstein that wrote the book, The Universe Has Your Back. And it seems like that seems to be something that comes up the more people I interview about this particular topic. The universe is gonna send you signs. You're gonna see things. It's just a matter of you picking up on them and that will help guide you toward your purpose, like you saying, okay, tarot reading, not sure, and seeing the book. So besides recognizing signs around you, what would you say to someone who just said, you know what, I don't know what my purpose is, and I want to find it, um, short of like sitting down with you for a long period of time, what are some places that they can start?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. And I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all, fits all. Um, I think for some people, aligning with their sole purpose can happen instantly. Mm. Um, and then for other people, it can take more time and more effort. I think what's important is not to compare yourself to others and to be gentle with yourself as you're on this path. But I think first and foremost, one has to want to know what their sole purpose and to be aware that they have... A calling that there is something greater than themselves that they want to discover. Um, so that's first and foremost. You need to you need to be in alignment with wanting to be um, on point with your purpose. And then from there, it's just to be open to to do the inner work. What and is worth? Like? It means to it means to look within. Because there's certain, because there is an inner landscape, there is an inner world that needs to be explored. And that's where your purpose is going to come from. It's not going to come from an outside source. You can do things, you can do, you know, you can practice things to help support you in that. But when it comes to finding your purpose, I think it's an inner work. And, and, And again, what that means is just to connect with yourself, connect with your inner child and to contemplate. You know, ask yourself deep, thought provoking questions and to and to really ponder questions that matter to you. And um, and when I say you, of course, I mean the royal you um, and, and and to just explore that, you know, um, I think that. And again, like I said earlier, there's not a one size fits all. So what works for one person is not going to work for another person. So it's important. To, to have a strong sense of self-awareness so that so that you can guide yourself into the direction that's going to suit your needs and suit your personality type
0: mm. and yeah. I, I like the i'm a tangible guy i like okay tell me what to do uh, and that's the way i'm in business too i hire my coaches and i say tell me what to do tell me exactly what to do and i'll do it i know i can be successful if you just tell me do abc i'll do abc until i'm blue in the face So when you say the inner work, the overarching thing, one of the things that I've heard you mention is asking yourself deep questions. Do you suggest like writing down the question and letting it kind of sit in your subconscious? Uh, What are some tangible things I can do starting today uh, to kind of find out and explore this inner world?
1: Right. So I am an avid journaler. I I think that journaling has so many benefits, and and you can look it up. There's you know lots of research on google of course
0: i wrote a journal Um, so you don't have to sell it to me but to the listeners absolutely awesome (laughs)
1: Awesome. (laughs) yeah but journaling is such a great powerful and magical tool if you choose it to be and and what's great about it is that there's no rules there's no right or wrong like you can you can journal as often or as little as you want but i think that um to answer your question it's good to um I mean, you can find journal prompts online if you want to kind of go down that route and, and see what questions really resonate with, with you so that you can dive deeper or you can just sit down at a quiet, like, you know, in a quiet place, like say in nature, I'm an avid nature explorer as well. So I think that it's really important to, you know, disconnect from technology and to, and to just be in the wild and to just sit down and and meditation also is very helpful um so i'd say find a quiet place that feels good to your being sit there and just allow your allow yourself to to come up with these questions because we will naturally have questions right like naturally i think i think we all have an explorer within us and so if if someone just you know holds A space where they can just be with themselves without any distraction, naturally, questions will show up. And so I would suggest writing these questions down. And if you can, if it resonates with you to answer the questions in that moment, then do so. If not, then again, you can just write down the questions, leave it and let it let it kind of sit there, like you were saying. Yeah. And then come back to it. Hmm. But yeah, I think I think that the the one of the problems or the challenges that we have these days is that there is constant noise and constant shiny objects
0: mm. that
1: take our attention away from who we truly are on the inside. And so I think it's important to know when to not be influenced from an outer outer force and yeah. to really yeah, and to really um hone in on who you truly are so
0: no that that answers a question i love it like spending time (laughs) in nature spending time in silence meditation avid journaling right so these are takeaways that someone can do starting today right so Mm -hmm. so you have the person who maybe has been in a job for 20 years uh to write down to the kid who's kind of confused about life these are tools that you can use at any age to start to do that that inner work as you say um so when we Look to answering some of those questions. So we were meditating, we're sitting out in nature, we're doing our journaling. What's the next step that you take people on? If they're doing that kind of thing, what where do you come in to make this easier to do that inner work?
1: Right. So with my um, with my coaching, I actually created um, I created a, a program that walks people through all aspects of their life, which it's kind of a loaded question. So I won't get into it now. Um, but I utilize all of my skills and passions and, and I and I take people on a full circle transformation. Mm. Um, so I have a system that I work with. But in this case, the scenario that you painted for me, how like, after they've done the journaling, and they and they have, you know, their answers, uh, their an- their questions answered. And I was to insert into that moment um i would i would you know we would we would go through what their goals are like what what do they really want that's not necessarily materialistic that is that is you know maybe a feeling that mm. they want because feelings need to be validated as well our feelings dictate our actions right and then and then our life is created from our actions and so from there i would i would you know, create a plan with my clients and set goals and then support them in taking inspired action. Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line between inspired action and action, but it makes a world of difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I I'll, inspired action.
0: I like that. I'm sorry. I like inspired action. I like that term.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do too. And and again, it makes a it, it makes a huge difference because sometimes when when people hear or they see you know, do this, do that and the other and they do the thing, they do it, but they're like it's still not working and I don't get why it's not working. It's because energetically they're not invested. Mm, okay. They're doing it in a way where it's just they don't necessarily believe it. They're doing it because it's there on paper and that's what they're supposed to do. They're
0: supposed to do. Yeah. Exactly. But
1: inspired action is when you are committed wholeheartedly and you feel the feeling that it brings you, which is, it should be, you know, something that brings you joy and love and inspiration um, and empowerment. And when you do the thing with this feeling, it shifts you on a cellular level and it changes your perspective on life. And that's, and that's the, the, the key difference between inspired action and just action. Mm. And so I would support my clients in taking inspired action and to really be fully aligned energetically as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's well explained. And I love the inspired action aspect of it. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in life doing things we were supposed to do. And there's no... There's no passion or emotion behind that. So um, yeah, you explained it perfectly. Inspired action. Um, I want to, as we're closing up here, I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you. I like that you say love will deliver us peace, and such love must start with self-love.
1: Yeah.
0: Tell me that about that statement.
1: Oh man, that is a statement that has derived from <laughs> a lifetime and beyond of adversity and not knowing anything about self-love. Um, I grew up, you know, despising how I looked in the mirror. I grew up just, I knew nothing about self-love. And so for me to come to that conclusion is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an emotional statement for me, um, but I believe it wholeheartedly because, you know, I, I believe that, I believe that we can change the world and and by changing our inner world, that will project into the universe. And if we all made that shift, because if you think about it, world peace is the collective of individual inner peace. Mm. So the more people, right? The more people get on board with, with finding that inner peace and it's gonna take generations of work You know, I I realize it. It will, but I think people need to hang on to that statement.
0: Sorry, that statement is so good. World peace is a collective of inner peace, (laughs) (laughs) and it just every that light bulb just went off for me when you said that. You know, everyone has that inner peace. That's what world peace is. World peace isn't an an external thing. It is something that automatically occurs when we all have that inner peace. And uh, there's distracted. so much profundity in that statement, I just wanted you to know that
1: Thank you. I appreciate that um, and it's it's my life work you know this is this is my sole calling to help spread that message and to support as many people as I can to find that inner peace because I know how it feels like to have inner turmoil and anger and rage and you know I know how it feels like to hate passionately and I would never wish that upon anyone. But since I've emancipated myself from these dark moments and and these heavy feelings of of despair, my life has changed. You know, I'm I'm so I'm so grateful all the time, even when times are tough and it's been tough for, for the world in the last couple of years, but I always come back to gratitude and I always come back to love because love will guide the way. Um, and I think that unconditional love is our common thread as a human race to find in our human experience. Yeah. And I'm a believer of that. And I'll do everything in my power for as long as I live to, to help support people in that to share that message. So thank you for bringing that up. And, and I appreciate you and, and I appreciate what you do because, you know, we got to rise together. That's what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one final thing before we finish off there, what's the one thing that people can do to love themselves more today?
1: Ah, that's a really good question. I think, I think that practicing self-love can be a block for people. Um, and I think what helps is connecting with our inner child because our inner child lives within all of us. And there's a purity that is still alive that hasn't been jaded. And I think when we, when we remind ourselves of the little boy or the little girl that has been through life and, and has, you know, has been the, like, because our inner child possess wisdom as well. You know, like as we age and as we experience life, sometimes we um, we can't see the joy in life that we did when we were younger. And mm-hmm. so, to love yourself is to nurture your inner child and and to connect with that. Because who can't love an innocent child?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. remind yourself that you're a child that yeah exactly. i
1: like that i like that and be and be in that energy of playfulness again and and be in the energy of imagination and and of wonder and and then and you know live your life from that state and then you'll you'll be surprised you know what um what you see which was already in front of your face before but you just didn't see it at the point because you know, being adults, we're busy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're busy. We forgot how to be children. So I have have a three-year-old son, so I'm reminded. um, Oh,
1: that's amazing. What a blessing.
0: Remind me not to take myself so seriously. (laughs) I love that. Um, I want to thank you for being on here, one. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your light, your love. And tell everyone how they can connect with you, how they can find you, how they can hire you, how they can connect with you.
1: Casey, thank you so much as well for having me on, on your podcast. It's been such a joy to connect with you on a deeper level and, and to share my story. Hopefully, I'm able to inspire someone to take inspired action. Um, but you can find me on my website, which is uh, www.theonecoach.solutions. I'm also on Instagram. My handle is One coach.143 um or my email which is contact at the one at the one coach solutions
0: okay yeah the the one coach dot solutions not dot dot solutions yes that is correct thank you very much and um i'm very appreciative for you to be here with me and spending some time with me today thank you so much blessed be